T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You want to pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you. Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. You guys are sick. I'll tell you what. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here and Dave Wanstead. There's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead. One of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. This time of year, I may start singing a Christmas carol. Dave Wanstead. I see light mango, 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 mango. With Parkins and Spiegel. We're Spigs. On 670 The Score. Where's Parkins and Spiegel? Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. This segment with Dave Wanstead is brought to you by EOC Audio, Chicagoland's experts in audio, video, home automation, and security systems. You can check them out online at eocaudio.com. Coach. Pleasure to have you and happy holidays, man. I think I've worked with both of you as much as I've worked with Danny and Spigs the last <laughs> month or so. You know, I yeah. seen A, at the, uh-huh. at the, we worked together a little bit the Big Ten and right. then here. Right. So I don't know what's going on, but uh, but that's 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 not for me to worry about. That's above my uh, pay raise, you know, just, pay scale. Just so we know as, as we spend time with you here, because Gabe did mention before the break, I think Studs was going to go take a look for some bourbon. If the if they locate bourbon, are you in the mood for it, Coach? That's our normal. This is happy hour. This whole thing started when I left after the NFL season. I would go to Naples, but I continued doing the shows through the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and so it was five o'clock in Naples, Florida. That's right? right. This is hilarious. Right. So it's four here. So I would be sitting on my back having a drink and actually smoking a cigar. Okay. Yeah. And the guy said, what are you doing? And I says, it's 5 o'clock here. I'm having a drink. Do you want to talk football or let's go? So pretty soon on Twitch, you know, everybody starts saying, happy hour with Wani. And one thing leads to another. Right. So I tell Terry Bradshaw. So Bradshaw sends me a bunch of bourbon. So I bring bourbon in and we sit and we sip on bourbon. So it's kind of, we've created a monster. Here. And it's literally the only reason I said yes to doing this show. Today. <laughs> we have fun. We definitely have fun. There's no question. I'm jealous though. Danny's not in Naples. Florida, my stomping ground. So he's down there somewhere. Uh, Ships in the night, right? Yeah, we, we are. We, we, we were going to get together last year, and then somebody got sicker. He had something in the family. We mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, we missed each other. And uh, now he's down there now. So we'll. Uh, we'll I'm f- fond of Key West. How, how often oh, have you been come down on. to Key West? Hey, 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 are you kidding me? Hey, hey Key man. West. I mean, I, nobody's employed. 
Everybody looks like 20 years younger Everybody's, than they actually are. They're running from the divorce attorneys or they're running from the police or somebody. Trust me. They accept no envelopes from anyone. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson's down in Isla Mirada. That's mile, about mile marker 88. Right. And that's as far south as I go yeah. on Highway 1. That's it. That's yeah. the cutoff for That's Ronnie. the cutoff for me. Uh-huh. I did have my first uh, Bradshaw Bourbon experience <clears throat> before the season with the, the Fox deal out in in LA and Terry was out there you know pouring bourbon for everybody so Terry had his bourbon there and um Charles and Woodson, Charles Woodson yes, had his yes, wine yes. there yeah and I, I didn't even know Charles had a wine I had some of the Woodson wine well, out. well he's got bourbon now too Charles yes, has, Charles so Woodson's doing his competing bourbon. bourbons in yeah. the Fox Sports family. Then, Absolutely. The that yeah. Yeah, I think that, that must be the thing. It's time for you to get your bourbon. You, you know? know what? I think, you know what? Anthony Heron bourbon. I'm going to do them all back. I like it. I'm going to do them all back. I think instead of the bourbon, I'll, I'll, right go, I'll go with a little smooth red wine. Some silky too. for Anthony Heron. Yeah, yeah. That, I feel like that suits me better than anything well, else. Well, we still haven't seen a glass yet, so hopefully we'll get one of those before the time. <laughs> I'm glad that you're keeping that going. Just to make sure talking and I'm just my mouth's watering over here, guys. Right. Coach, uh, obviously, you know, the news coming out today um, from the Bears organization about Kevin Warren. I mean, obviously, you have some close ties to him. What were your initial thoughts when you just heard that he was at the, the top of the list, so to speak, for the Bears and the opening position, open position? Well, I think it would be a perfect fit. I mean, he would check all the boxes. When, when you think about Kevin, and I know a lot of people, you know, he was at the Minnesota Vikings for 15 years, right? So he understands the landscape of the National Football League, the ins and outs of of how they do things, okay, and and how the business is run. Uh, you know, he, he was the chief operating officer for the Minnesota Vikings. And the, the second thing, he knows how a organization works itself, being with the Vikings for 15 years, just the ins and outs of, you know, the, the draft process, the free agent process, the co- everything, training camp. So he gets that part of it. And then thirdly, and most importantly, and I think the, the biggest reason, you know, he, he was, I don't want, I don't know if he was the point man, but he was, his, the quote from the owners uh, of the Vikings was that, that Kevin was highly instrumental in them getting their new stadium. Mm-hmm. So that's all you really got to say. The other stuff is, is, is window dressing. And then everything he's done here with the Big Ten, I mean, you know, you get USC and you, UCLA to come into this conference, you know, I mean, and, and they've got, we got two teams in the, in the playoffs. I mean, the Big Ten has done nothing but grow stronger since he's in, been in control. So I, I think the resume is outstanding, you know, as, as we would say, Offer him the job. Give him a scholarship. What are we waiting for? Right? And we just sit there in those draft meetings, and I'd be talking about a kid or guy. One of my assistants would be selling them to me. I'd say, Coach, just go offer him a scholarship. Well, you don't need to tell me anything more, you know? Now, you've had you've worked so many different jobs in sports and in media and everything else. And I was saying it to, to the crew a little bit earlier, we were talking about Kevin Warren, that in professions just at, at large – what value you place on on one job versus the next is a very personal thing. So even if taking Kevin Warren out of the conversation for a moment, being the president of 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 a National Football League franchise, especially a franchise as prominent as historic as the Bears, versus being maybe the most influential commissioner in college sports. I mean, is it would it is is being Bears president a step down from being Big Ten commissioner? You know how I see it. What do we got? How many? 14 teams in the Big Ten? Right. Right. About to be 16. Like okay. About yeah. to be 16. So there's about to be 16. I would love to see 
talk to Kevin Warren's assistant and look at his messages every day <laughs> from presidents, from 14 teams, mm-hmm. from athletic directors, and from mm-hmm. coaches. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the and they're not calling him to say, Kevin, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you know, all they're doing is com- complaining. So Everybody's now, got a problem. Now he's got... You know, one, as we said, when I took the job. Not to mention all these different broadcast partners that are reaching out to him about the Big Ten with their deals being in place and everything else. Absolutely. So this is going to, you know, in in my mind, it's a a job that he's familiar with because he's been down this road. He he went through all the steps. I mean, his knowledge of putting together a stadium and the licensing and, and marketing and everything that went about it at Minnesota, that's invaluable. You know, you don't get that by reading it in a book. You know, if you have somebody that's that's your one of your point men or the guy in charge, however they structure it, uh, that that's gone through that recently and has done that, boy, you can save a lot of time, probably a lot of money, a lot of you know, you can just be a heck of a lot more efficient. So that that's how I I would look at that. And uh, so I I think it's a it's it's you know he's right here. He does, wouldn't have to move his <laughs> right. family, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's – you can't beat that. And now he's focused on one team and one one real main task right now uh, as compared to 14. Talking to Coach Wanstead here on 670, the score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. Coach, I mean, when you're looking at that decision, you know, I, I'm curious about you. I mean, obviously you've held a lot of different roles. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you were doing too much so you took a, another hmm. job to kind of – you know, do a little bit less for peace of mind. In, in like quality things. of life. Have, have yeah. you ever made that job source based more off quality of life than the prominence of the opportunity? Yes, I have. But it, it was, I'll tell you what, we were at the Dallas Cowboys. And when we took over down there, they were calling the defense that we were running. It was what we ran at the University of Miami and every place that we, Pittsburgh before that. Uh, and they called it the college 4-3. Nobody was running the 4-3 defense with the weak side linebacker. The, the, the Steelers and all of them had the weak side linebacker on the line of scrimmage. We stacked them, okay? Mm. And, and it wasn't a big deal. And we were quarters all the way. We were not a two deep. We were not two man. We were not cover three. We were not cover one. We were quarters coverage. And, uh, and, no, and this was kind of a new thing back then. And we were breaking it in into the NFL. Uh, so now we start having a little bit of success. And I was offered probably twice the money to go to another job. And I went in and I told Jimmy about it, Johnson. And I said, you know, what do you think? Because he's, he's been kind of like a big brother to me. You know, and I said, what do, what do you think? And he says, tell you what, Dave, the money – you know, we, we don't have that money at Dallas. You know, Jerry spent every dime he had to buy this franchise. And until we get going here, what we have is what we have. Hmm. And he and uh, nobody was making any money here. Jimmy, Jerry, nobody. And uh, he said, but let me just leave you with this and think about this tonight. He says, you know what you have with me from a, a working conditions, with your kids here, with your family here. He says, Quality of life, and I'm coming back to your point. Quality of life is worth different amounts to every to different people. Some people, quality of life, Dave, may be worth twenty five thousand dollars to you. It may be worth two hundred and fifty thousand. You know, so you got to decide how much is the life that you have right here at Dallas, where you know what you're getting day in and day out, and your family does, and your kids. You know, what value do you put on that? And that made the decision easy. I had no idea what if I took another job what I was going to get into, but I knew what I had. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, but but there is something to taking a job 
whether you stay or whether you leave, because it is better quality of life. And if you got to give up some money, you give up money. I mean, it, that never, ever bothered me. I took a job. I was the defense coordinator at Oklahoma State, like 28 years old, and I left there to go to USC as the defensive line coach because I knew we could win games. I banked on it. It would further my career, and I thought that my quality of life would be better if we took this move. And actually, at the end of the day, with the cost of living out there, made less money. Hmm. So I made less money at USC, gave up a title. Second year I'm there, we win the uh, play Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. We win the Rose Bowl. I've got six job offers. Jimmy gets the Miami job, and now I get on there with my to Miami with him. You know, in a better you know running a defense system and and making a lot more money than I would have made if I would, you know what I mean. So sometimes uh, the quality of life you, you can't put a price tag on it. Yeah, this period in time to potentially be associated with the Bears, if Kevin Warren or you know whoever they, they got to hire. Somebody to replace Ted Phillips. So that role as being the team president of the Bears. The success on the field has been inconsistent for quite a while now as we talk about yep. on this station all the time. But now the opportunity that's there on what feels like it could be the front end of something, like maybe the team president's getting in on the ground floor of potential success as they're building something around Justin Fields and this potential move to Arlington Heights, which is a part of what feels like it, it's a part of that Kevin Warren conversation because he helped the Minnesota Vikings Absolutely. get to their new stadium at U.S. Bank Stadium. Is this a, a job that, you know, working for the Bears should be a big deal regardless, but does does this feel like they, whoever the team president is, is on the ground floor of something that's growing, emerging, especially even financially if they end up making the Arlington Heights move? Oh, 100%. I mean, the, the arrow up uh, with the Bears, I mean, w- when you look at the money, and now I would look at it, and I'm sure he has, and and say, okay, uh, you know, obviously, as they say, you know, the three most important people, in the, Don Shula t- told me this when I, I worked for him for six weeks, and he says, Dave, now you're NFL, you're not in college anymore. He said, uh, remember the three most important people now in, in the NFL compared to college. Number one, your owner. Number two, your owner, and number three, your owner. Okay, so let, let's assume that Kevin, that. Let, let, let's assume that Kevin has a relationship with George McCaskey. Okay, but then he would have to. I would, if I was Kevin Warren, I would have to feel good about Ryan Poles because mm. we got these all these draft picks and we got all this free agent money, and I would have to feel good about my head coach. You know, because if these guys don't know what they're doing, and this whole thing is go you know doesn't work out yes well i have a job but it's 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 not going to be a very as good a job as as maybe what i have now but if i got a lot of confidence that that with, that with justin fields and we're going to add players and we're going to draft good players and we got a good coaching staff man it's exciting it uh, it really is it's got to that's it's got to be a good feeling though i mean because you've had an opportunity to evaluate the team and i'm sure you see those guys you get to ask around yourself and you're right you want to have a good working relationship um, with your head coach and your GM, so that that way you feel like you can be in that good position. And there's, there's some juice position. around the Bears right now for a three-win team that yes. might end up with the number one pick in the NFL draft because they've done so poorly as a team. There's all this positivity and juice around them somehow, right? And now. if he can come on, if he can come on board when Justin, the assumption, right, that Justin Fields <laughs> continues to play well, right, and, right. you know, they, they put weapons, right, and he's a part of that, right? Yeah, That's I mean, a, that, and absolutely. You can, you can live forever in those moments. Yeah, and, and right now, I mean, you you hit it, eh? I mean, when you said. Think about that. We are, what did we lose? Seven, eight, nine in a row. I don't know what it was. Nine. doesn't matter. We, you know, but 
you wouldn't know that walking down the streets of Chicago. <laughs> right. You know, I right. mean, it's uh, there. There's a feel good vibe, as crazy as that sounds. As crazy as that sounds, uh, I I think our fans, uh, you know, they're they're excited about the future. Hope can be dangerous, though, Wani. Yeah. I mean, I, do you remember a period like this where the Bears? Haven't been doing well on the field, but the fan base has all this this hope that seems to be there because of, whether it's because of the quarterback or because of a coach or anything else. But while the team isn't doing well, but the fan base just seems very positive and hopeful around it. No, I really don't. My, I, I don't remember. So we're like living history right I, I, now. And I, and I think it goes back to quarterback. I think there's you know everybody talks about it being a, a the NFL is a quarterback league. And, you know, it's been a while since the Bears have seen a quarterback, a young guy that they drafted, that's saying the right things. And, and you know, and I, I think, you know, personally, you know, and I, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people at Ohio State uh, that were up there coaching, uh, you know, with Justin, and, and including, you know, I mean, Ryan Day. And he, um, but, but you still got to see, a player when he gets to the next level, right? And you got to see how he's going to respond when he got some money in his pocket, how he responds when he gets patted on the back and he's a big city and, he, and now the publicity is all on him. And I'll tell you what, I think that Justin has done a fantastic job. And, you know, and the thing that really sold me on him is before the Green Bay game. Think about this. Aaron Rodgers, you know, has the busted thumb and he's got some busted up uh, ribs. And that was the same week that uh, – that Justin Fields had the slight, I'm going to call it a slight separation in his shoulder. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't, everybody was assuming that neither quarterback was going to play. Okay. For either team. And if you remember like Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, Aaron Rodgers came out and said, I am playing in this game. And it wasn't four hours later <laughs> that Justin Fields walked up to the podium and he says, I am playing in this game. And, and that one incident, and maybe it doesn't mean anything else, but to me, as as a coach, as a, a football guy, I'm saying, you know, this this guy, he heard what Aaron Rodgers says, <laughs> and and he knows, you know, the intensity of this game, and he knows how important it is to Aaron Rodgers. Well, damn it, it's important to me too and our team, and I'm going to play. It, you it's know, his, it's his tone in a lot of those situations. Even at his last press conference this week, a lot of the guys were asking him about his shoulder, about his foot, and his tone was just like. It's nothing. Yeah. Guys, it's nothing. It was something on my toe. Got it done. It's taken care of. Shoulder. Doesn't hurt. Let's go. Like, it's like he's not harping on. He's not living in that space. He's like, this is not a story. I'm ready to play. I'm going to be here for these last two games. And I, I love hearing that from from our quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, the offensive coordinator, the running back coach, and the quarterback coach all worked for me or played for me at Pitt. And so I, I've got a good good feel for what they're doing on offense. And the biggest fear that they have with, with Justin is – that he has no fear and he just wants to win. He's not the type of quarterback that you can go in the game and say, listen, you know, just just take take a knee or fall down or don't run. I mean, that's very difficult for him to do at this stage of the game. And that's the challenge that they have. Everybody says, well, why is he running and why is he getting – I mean, he's just – he's so competitive. I mean, the last game, not this past week, the week before that he had they, – they had 10 quarterback runs, designed running plays – but then he had five scrambles where he ran, you know, so he had 15 carries, which is too much. But you say, well, there's five of those that he just took off on his own and ran. And uh, so anyway, long, you know, that's that's uh, I think the arrow's up to getting back to our point. And, I, and hopefully 
that Kevin Warren is is looking mm-hmm. at all this, and you know he's following it, and uh, he understands the NFL. That's the other thing that's good right. about this. He's not a college guy that, that really has no concept of of the free agency market and the draft and everything that happens. And in, in our next segment, I, I <clears throat> really there's something that that I feel like I've begun to pick up on that I'm curious for you because you, you've been in those chairs where the the head coach Matt Eberflus and the quarterback Justin Fields both seem to be kind of ramping ramping something up a little bit that it, it feels to me like they're both doing it at the same time in the same way. And I'd love to get your, your thoughts on it, Dave, when we come back. All right, so we got a lot more Bears to talk about with Coach Wanstat. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron filling in for Parkins and Spiegel, but it's still happy hour. Hopefully we can get some bourbon during this commercial break. Uh, yeah. 670 to score. We'll be back after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Well, that and there's the name. Afternoons on the score. Is there an element of needing your running backs to produce to open up uh, the outside runs for Justin, some of the read option stuff? Yeah. Can play it a little more evenly? I think it, that's anything. I think it's it's important that you that the defense isn't dialed into who you are. So whether that's different styles of runs, the way you throw the ball, the way you move the quarterback out of the pocket, throw from in the pocket, I think all that is extremely important to being dynamic to a defense for sure. And the Bears have doing been doing a phenomenal job, kind of disguising what kind of game plan they want to roll with, right? You know, mixing it up in the air and on the ground. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron filling in for Parkinson Spiegel, of course. It is the happy hour with Dave Wanstat, and this segment's brought to you by EOC Audio, Chicagoland's experts in audio, video, home automation, and security systems. You can check them out online at eocaudio.com. You know what? I got to say one thing, because last week my mother missed it. She watches us on Twitch, and she is listening. She's going to be 100 years old. Oh, man. <laughs> really? When? What's that? Uh, well, in a couple months. Okay? okay. But so she watches, and she listens, and uh, she doesn't like when I sip now, on who, little Who bourbon. fires up the uh, Twitch for her? That's uh, coffee. That's coffee my, in there. My, my sister. But she, when okay. I do the Big Ten shows, she watches. She got BTN. Yeah. She, she listens to the score radio All twice right. a week there on her we iPad. And uh, today- what's, what's your mom's name? Uh, Jenny wants okay. to. Yeah, Jenny yeah. wants to. So she. Um, hey, Mama wants to. Yeah, and then um, what else? Oh, and most importantly, today, today is my wife's birthday. 
Oh. Okay. You know, with wives, we don't it's get into uh, ages. Is yeah. she watching on yeah. Twitch too? My, my, my <laughs> young, I'll just say this. My younger wife. Okay. Uh, there it's you go. Birthday. How's there that? you go. Uh-huh. So, oh, a very smart man. I, I was telling Gabe earlier because I've messed up. We were traveling back from out oh, east yesterday coach. and uh, flew. You know, we fly into Boston to get out to the Cape where my wife's from. And, How was your flights? Uh, flights were flights were fine. Okay. My my handling of our excessive baggage was not. So there was okay. multiple stops <laughs> along the way where I forget one bag and we're trying to get into Logan. I got to go all the way back no, no, around no. to get and, and you got And you got to jump right to the finish line <laughs> and tell Coach that he got home in the South Loop. Mm-hmm. Okay. He caught a cab back to O'Hare mm-hmm. and back home just to get a car seat. Yeah. That's you got to start at the finish line. That's how you got to Ridiculous. <laughs> the, um, Charge it to the game. Like, what are you doing taking a, a taxi yeah, back to the Our airport? son, uh, apparently, my, my wife who's listening, texted in uh, a little Damn while it. ago, said that to uh, it was important I went how back. How do you forget the car seat? Uh, Cause there was like eighteen other bags, and we the kid, the kid was a, kids so in the seat. How long were you? <laughs> how long were you gone for? A month? I mean, it felt like it. Okay. It, it did, man. Uh, my in laws are hooped, and when we we got all the way home, and the car seat was just left there at the taxi stand at O'Hare. Uh, so as opposed to even worrying about asking, like, hey, baby, should I go get the car seat? No, I knew because yeah. it's got our, our son's like answer. dinosaur sticker. His first dino sticker was on his first and only car seat. So I knew she wanted me to go back and get it. Happy wife, and it was there. It was there. It was there. It was just sitting there, waiting on it. Wow. He said he got a, a standing ovation when he got there. Oh yeah, people was clapping. Like, that's everybody a, that's, was looking that's at it, ama- wondering. That's the. It's amazing, not amazing that you went back. It's fantastic that you went back. <laughs> no, coach, it is amazing. It is that amazing. He went back. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> There's a reason I've been married almost a quarter century. I'm not, I'm not an old man, true. but we've been together for a long time for a reason. Yeah, I, but but it was. It is amazing that it was still there. That's yeah. uh, that's something. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, it is amazing what these what these bears have been doing. You heard you had a chance to hear from Lou <clears throat> Getzi a second ago. And talking about you know creating some different runs uh, for the offense, is this something that we're going to see next year, Coach? Like a, 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 the Bears' offense, regardless of who they get, do you think they're going to try to open it up a little bit more, or do you think they're still going to be uh, favoring the run? I should say. Well, the the biggest thing that I have, and, and Luke remembers this from being on the staff, and and I never got into play calling on offense. One thing that I really was a stickler about, I wanted the ball thrown deep. Twice a half. There you go. I didn't care how you did it. I didn't care, you know, obviously play action pass is, is when you want to do it. But I wanted two deep balls a half. And I just felt like between pass interference, making a play, whatever, backing the deep, the coverage off, you know, to help your run game. And we we haven't seen that. We Now, Mooney's not, you know, we don't have many guys that can run real fast left either. You know, Mooney's out. And Claypool, I don't know what the deal was with him. You know, they're two guys that could have a few. is fast. He doesn't know how yeah, to catch it. So yeah, Bayless nice is deep catch yeah, but the last you, game. You know, and, and, uh, and uh, Pettis, is it, uh, yeah. you know, he's kind of a punt return, to me, a, a situation guy. Right. So uh, hopefully we, we get a couple of those guys. Uh, but, you know, the one thing about Luke Getze, and let me say this because it's easy to turn on the offense or defense coordinator or head coach, and, and, and you look at what happened with some of these coaches that don't make it. You know, and, and, and I know Nathan Hackett, okay? And, yep. and But he was a quarterback coach at Green Bay Packers, right? And then he gets the job at Denver. And he never, he never called plays. Matt Nagy, you know, and I, I got a good rapport with Matt. You know, he was the coordinator supposedly at Kansas City for <laughs> six games, right? But, but really, so my point is this. When Luke left me at Pitt – he was like 28 years old, and he took a job. I think it was at Western Michigan or Western Illinois. I don't know. But he went someplace as offensive coordinator. Then he went to Mississippi State as offensive coordinator. So this guy has drawn up game plans. 
You know what I mean? He's made calls yeah. fourth and one in a tough situation, and, and I think – you know, that's important that we have that in an offensive coordinator, a guy that's done different offenses, you know, guys that's exposed to a lot of different defenses, not just seeing them, but now you're the guy responsible for making the adjustments on it. So uh, I, I would just tell Bear fans, just be patient. I mean, we, you're more so saying, Coach, that he he's a guy that, I mean, we saw that offense from here, but this is a guy that's called a ton of different plays. He just has to see what's in front of him. Absolutely. So next year, whatever's in front of him, that's what he's going to end Absolutely. up calling. Absolutely. Do you believe we're – guys, I remember the days not long ago when we had more penalties than rushing yards. <laughs> and we are yeah. still today, even though we had struggled last week running the ball, we're still number one in the NFL in rushing. Uh-huh. How about that? Unreal. It's, it's unreal. It is very, unreal. Yeah, very, very different formula that the Bears are. And I won a lot of games with, but you're, you're seeing something that feels sustainable that, that's beginning to be built here. I feel like I started noticing something a couple of weeks back where Matt Eberflus, who has been, I don't know, deferential maybe to to use a term as far as just how publicly he's had his players back. He hasn't gone out of his way to say anything real negative about mistakes that take place in game, not necessarily calling out guys by name. And I feel like the last couple of weeks I've seen Matt Eberflus more willing to do that. And frankly, his young quarterback, Justin Fields, more willing to, again, not in a an overly aggressive or an overly negative manner, but being willing to address specifically, here's where that route was run incorrectly. Here's where this hole wasn't necessarily hit in the way that it's intended in the scheme of the play. And it feels to me like both the head coach and the quarterback are taking kind of a more, I guess, maybe forceful kind of public stance on, on how they're willing to address things that aren't being done correctly here. Is that... Am I looking too deep into something where both the coach and the QB are, are both kind of, you know, being, being willing to to say when other guys are kind of screwing up? Well, you know, I, I don't think you want to go down that road, you know, just from my experience with a head, being a head coach. But I do believe that your quarterback and your head coach are have the same message. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's and it's one voice. And, and I think that's a key. You know, I mean, all Justin Fields got to do is uh, it, they should put together Tom Brady's press conferences, you know, real quick over the last, you know, not maybe not this year, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> skip this year. But, but I'm, before this Tom year, Brady's press conference yeah. circa like yeah, yeah, because no, 2021. No, nobody handles it better than Tom, you know, yeah, yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, so, and, and I think Justin's that way, you know, because you can lose a game as a quarterback. But you can, as a quarterback and head coach, you can lose a game, but you can never lose the locker room. Mm-hmm. So there's a real fine line mm-hmm. eh, with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's examples this year. That's what happened in, at the Jets with Zach Wilson. You know, the minute he kind of yes. called some guys out in the defense or whatever he said, I mean, that was it. He was done. He was done. You know, so you he can said, lose. Nothing's my fault. That's right. no responsibility. Right. So you can lose the yeah. game and, and, uh, you know, and I know what Tom does. I mean, firsthand at Tampa, they tell me. I mean, he's there's been rookies and guys come in when he first got to Tampa, and would run the wrong route in practice or drop the ball, and he would call him over, never say anything in public, call him over and say, "Listen, I will never throw you a pass, and if you don't run the right route and catch the ball when I throw it to you, don't expect the football." <laughs> and and just that's the end of the story, mm-hmm. you know. So the kid walks away and he says, "Geez, I ain't gonna make this team if I'm not." catching the ball and getting it thrown to me. And if I'm not in the right spot, Tom ain't throwing to me. You know, so I I think behind closed doors you can do that. And Aaron Rodgers said that. I think this week or last week he said it was very – no, he didn't say it. The receiver said it. Watson said it. He said Aaron told him 
if you don't catch the ball, I ain't throwing it to you. I'm going to throw the ball to the guys that catch it. So I think your quarterbacks can do that. And, and Justin's a young guy, but but I, I think he's handling it well. You know, But there, there's a fine line yeah. on how far you can go with that stuff. We, we've even seen Tom Brady do that in real time in certain games where <laughs> Mike Evans might drop a ball in the first quarter and, and they'll just throw it to like Otten or somebody else for the rest of the game. Uh, we're talking to Coach Wanstead here during our happy hour on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. You know, Bears in a situation right now, obviously three wins on, on the squad, and you talked about losing the locker room coach. And, you know, you when you were coaching the Bears, 97-98, you know, some couple four-win teams right there. What were, the, what were the conversations like in the locker room towards the end of the season to those grown men in, in, the, in the locker room on the offense and defense side of the ball? Well, I, I'll tell you what. I was so fortunate because I had a staff that we have been together, a lot of us at Miami, uh, a lot of us at Oklahoma State, some of us at Pittsburgh. So I had a group of guys that that there were no cracks in the armor, and we were all in on what we were trying to do. And then I had defensive leaders. I didn't have any Pro Bowl players, but I had defensive leaders that were all in. And and I and and I sum it up by saying my last game as the head coach of the Bears, we're playing Green Bay Packers. I think they won the Super Bowl that year, right here. In Soldier Field, Brett Favre, Reggie White, uh, you know, Sean Jones, on and on and on and on, okay? And uh, we get the ball in the fourth quarter, and I know that it's probably over, okay? It's probably over. But the last drive, you know, I'm saying, and our players are saying, if we can get the ball, we can get on score. I think we lost 23-17 maybe, 23-10, you can look at it. But it was a score game. And I went in the locker room after the game, and they're sitting there, and there was silence. And I said, you know, guys, thank you. You guys played. I couldn't ask you. If we were in a Super Bowl, I could not ask each one of you to, to give more effort than what you gave today. And and that's what you, you know, I don't know. You know, to answer your question, that that's I was very fortunate because I had good guys that laid it on the line and did everything they could to win. You know, we, we just – you know, we just weren't talented enough. We, you know, we, we, we just didn't hit on it when we, when we had to. And, and there'll come a time, let me say this, every coach has a window when he has to hit a big. And I don't know when that, sometimes it's one year. <laughs> Shouldn't be, but sometimes it is. You've seen it, right? Okay, yeah. Sometimes it's six years. But there, there's a window there when everything's got to come together and you got to hit it big. And for me, going back, it was my, we went to the playoffs, we beat the Vikings, we come back, I believe it was the next year, it was, the next year, we signed a couple free agents, and we opened up with the Cowboys here on Monday Night Football, they had just won the Super Bowl, Dion, Emmett, Troy, Aunt Michael, the whole group, and we beat them, and we are, we had a good team, Eric Kramer was great. I think it was the next week he breaks his neck. He's out for the year. And Dave Craig takes over at quarterback, and we go 7-9. and nine. That was my window. You know, okay. I only bring that story up for yeah. this reason. I don't know what it's going to be with Justin Fields. Two years, three years, you know, but there's going to be a window where we're going to have to hit it big with him. You know what I mean? And uh, not because, yeah. you know, he, he, guys get hurt or age or any of that stuff, but contracts go but there's going to be a window here, you know, in the next, I'm going to say, three, four years where we've got to hit this thing big and make a real serious run. And uh, I'm optimistic we'll do it. I'll close with that, yeah. The 
the franchises that sustain something, you know, it's not the, the Patriots never go into a full rebuild. They got Bill Belichick as their head coach. The Steelers with Mike Tomlin yep. and prior to that, Bill Coward. Don't go into like a full rebuild. Not everybody wins big every year, but the Bears are Tom in, Brady. Ben Rosenberger, but go ahead. Right, go right. ahead. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. That's Philadelphia ahead. Eagles. Okay, right. Yep. But you don't have one quarterback sustaining that. Eagles are a franchise that never go into a full teardown or, or full kind of rebuild mode. They don't win big every year, but they're Dallas Cowboys, not that one quarterback. When Troy was there. We won big every. I mean, you know, right. I, so I'm kind of conning you. See, I'm, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. picking on him a little bit because it. because really, it's the quarterback has been. A difference maker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what, in my mind, has sustained some of that rebuilding. Belichick would rebuild, you know, or, or re, you know, whatever you call it, retool uh, all the time. And But Tom Brady was always the constant. So then I would hold up, if I say Dallas and Philadelphia, the Cowboys and the Eagles, how do they keep themselves in contention so often without having that one quarterback that's always sustaining it lately? Well, I don't know if Philadelphia falls into that category. Mm. I, I really don't. I think they're a heck of a team, but we're talking about Super Bowl teams now. That's well, how, not winning Super Bowls, but they're relevant. They're trying to be good every year. The, the, the Eagles haven't been the team to say, let's lose on purpose so we get the high draft pick. I want to see what the Eagles do this year. In the playoffs. I, in the playoffs. Right. That's going to be my measuring stick. I think that, yeah, uh, that's going to be my measuring stick with the Eagles. I think they're the best team in the NFC. I love everything that they've done. I love everything that they're doing. Don't get me wrong. But I just want to see when it's one play, one game, season on the line, how they handle it. It's cool, to be, it's, it's cool to be flashy and score a lot of points with some guys, yeah. but it's another thing to do it, you know, with the pressures on. Coach? Yeah. Absolutely. Appreciate you hanging out with us today, man. Glad oh, no. you came in the studio. You, you guys do a great job. You guys do a fantastic job. Yeah, always. Fun. And I, I'll, I'll probably see you guys next week. Yeah, in the week after that. Who knows? Uh, you know? Speaking, Danny, I don't know. If I got to check know. their schedule. I got to check yeah. with Mitch. They stay on vacation. Okay. I know that. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll probably see you. I plan on seeing you guys next week. <laughs> All right. And if surprisingly, if surprisingly, Danny and Speaks are here, we're good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Coach Moss, that make sure you guys check him out every Thursday at 4 o'clock right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony here filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. No, not forever, just for today. Uh, we got more Bears talk on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe and Ant right here on 670 The Score. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Talk radio was on. Afternoons on The Score. He was asked about whether it be wise to shut down Justin for these last two games. and said absolutely not. And he pointed to the improvement that can be made. And from your perspective, what kind of improvement can Justin do uh, really grow from it in these final two games? I mean, there's a, there's a tremendous amount that he can grow. Uh, this is the division games. We're going into a playoff atmosphere this week. I think there's a lot to grow. And then obviously we've talked about it in here. One of the most important things that we're trying to get done this year was create as many experiences and opportunities that, to, to expose him to. And so uh, we're going against two really good opponents to finish this thing off. Um, so we're, we're, we're excited about you know him having the opportunity to go out there and do it again. Chris Emma with the hard-hitting questions. Right here on 670, the score, but of course they're not going to do anything like that. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron filling in for Parkinson Spiegel. Just finished talking to Coach Wanstat. Just remember, you can always get the uh, podcasts on the Odyssey app. Make sure you guys download that. I mean, the notion is silly, right? I think, actually, you know what? It's not very silly. Because I mean, you think a couple weeks ago, people were during what Wanstat was just saying, that what would have been the third game that Justin Fields would have had off during the run versus the, uh, the Jets and such. And then everyone's like, shut it down, shut it down, and here we are. And now the, 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 the chorus has changed a little bit. It's weakened just a tad. And I'm part of the, 
the group that left. And I'm like, no, no, no. We don't, don't, we don't <laughs> shut him down. We let him play. He needs reps. Why do you feel like, why do you feel that is? Like, why do you feel like the, the narrative changes so quickly when it comes to a guy like Justin Fields that everyone can see, whether you're on either side of the argument, still needs a little fine tuning? I think that people are just getting more and more accustomed to thinking that like the the finish line is easy to attain, that you can just get, you know, from here to there, where, wherever there is, that you can just advance to there without all those steps in between, whether that was the, the early Chase Claypool conversation, trying to figure out why he's not immediately getting a bunch of reps and 20 targets a game, whether that was the last year and early this season conversation about Justin Fields, the roster top to bottom, you know, just I think folks want to want to fast forward towards the the idea that an athlete, a player should just be used in a way as though they're this finished product and whether they're a finished product or not. If we're out on the season, if we feel like that the Bears aren't contending at a high level, then it's OK to just punt and prepare for next year as though all these opportunities to step onto the field and improve at the craft don't matter in preparation for trying to be great next year. If everyone associated with this thing and everyone following it, if all of us interested in the Bears want them to be really good next season, it's important for all these players to be on the field improving at the craft of playing football. You get better at playing football by playing football. And if they're not playing football, it's a lot more difficult to get better at doing that. And I think a lot of people just kind of assume that what we see on Sunday is really the only thing that matters, the only spot where your performance ends up showing itself as opposed to recognizing and remembering those other six days of the week and all that lonely work that all these guys put in in the film room and in the weight room and everything else, all the you know the sort of cliche elements of it, but it's all legit. It's all real that actually prepare you for excellence on Sundays. Yeah, because when you're thinking about a guy like, let's say, Kobe Bryant, who right. has been known to take an offseason – and focus on one part of his game and one part of his game only, mm-hmm. add it to it, and then all of a sudden, you know, every year he's got, you know, now he's got eight, nine, ten moves, right? right. And then a lot of times we as fans work under the video game assumption, <laughs> right? This guy is an 89 mm-hmm. ranking in Madden, and therefore he should be an 89 every week. And I think the reason why we feel like that is because for the first time, we are seeing a quarterback grow. Right where we had, yeah. you know, Bears fans. You know, we had we had Jay Cutler, right, and he was already a product. You don't, you weren't necessarily expecting to get better, so to speak. Mitch, you know, was Mitch from when he the moment he got here until the moment he left. He's still Mitch in, in, Pitt, in Pittsburgh. Mitch, it's just been Mitch, right? Yeah. And when you look at Justin Fields, I think we, myself included, kind of just thought we got a really good guy, and he's just going to be good. Mm. But what we actually saw this year was a was a young man getting better. And that's something that we haven't seen. And I think that's why, as Bears fans, it's like the, the notion was there, like, shut him down because he's already where he's at and he'll be that next year. Or he'll have this offseason, like this Kobe Bryant-like offseason where he'll just get better. And it's, like, <laughs> and it's like, no, you just said it. If you want to get better at football, you have to play football. The, the repetitions in game that Luke Getze has talked about, all the, the boring things that Matt Eberflus has continued to bring up, about fundamentals, about time on the practice field, about individual work at the techniques of these individual positions. That's how and why guys end up getting better. Like Kyler Gordon, from some of the struggles we saw earlier in the season, he didn't just snap his finger and suddenly become a better defensive back, a more consistent playmaker. 
he has consistently been putting in that work to improve at the craft, be, be able to learn through muscle memory of some of the mistakes in technique, in angles, in, 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 in hitting landmarks, in coverage that have led to these last couple of games where he's had these interceptions the last two weeks. That's through some of the mistakes that were made earlier in the season. That's where, frankly, a guy like Jaquan Brisker will still make mistakes in game. Like That was one of the names that even comes to mind when I was talking about Matt Eberflus being, being more willing to kind of specifically call a player out, player out. You think back to a couple of weeks ago, basically the one highlight Jalen Hurts had against the Bears was when Jaquan Brisker went into the wrong gap on that blitz in the red zone on third and eight, and it led to a 22-yard touchdown run for Jalen Hurts. And Matt Eberflus, after the game, flat out called out, one of his rookie stars, Jaquan Brisker, who has played really well for a rookie defensive back on the whole, but that was a big mistake that allowed a touchdown. And earlier in the season, Matt Eberflus might have, you know, sort of downplayed that or or had maybe a more a softer tone about it after the game, and you know, we'll learn from it and this and that. But after that game, he said that's a mistake that we can't have. That's on the player, that's on the position coach, and we have to get those things corrected. And his tone has become more and more forceful down the stretch of the season here and essentially challenging players by being willing to call them out specifically and publicly like Valus Jones. And, you know, Valus Jones is the most obvious and prominent example, but there's a variety of times here where we've seen Matt Eberflus more willing to talk in, in more specifics about players who are messing up and what they need to improve at. And the coaching staff isn't shying away from giving these guys the opportunity to make those mistakes. And I think that's the good right. thing about it. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, you let Justin Fields, not let, but that's why you're <laughs> excited about watching Justin Fields for these mm-hmm. last couple of games. Not only because of the growth that you want to see on the field, but you also want to see, you don't want to see the mistakes, but you want to see the improvement from the mistakes. Right. So you don't expect them to play a game with 100% efficiency. So then you get an opportunity to go back and then, you know, look at those mistakes and improve on them. But you have to have those game reps in order, unfortunately, uh, to have those mistakes. Now, Ant, you brought up two guys, two rookies for the Chicago Bears, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon. And I want to spend a little time on those two guys on the other side. And, and I want to get your opinion as well, you in the car listening or on the Odyssey app. Before we get to Nicole Auerbach, uh, excuse me, after we get to Nicole Auerbach, and it is going to be about Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. So we'll, we'll dissect those two, see which you'd prefer of those guys. But first, mm-hmm. we get an opportunity uh, to talk to our ex- expert from The Athletics. She's a senior writer over there. wonder what her thoughts are on the potential of having Kevin Warner be the president of the Chicago Bears. We'll get that, and then I'll, I'll pick her brain on a little bit of college football playoffs yeah. as well. Might as well while she's here. All right, Nicole Auerbach joins us on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, filling in for Parkinson Spiegel right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.